Hey yo, let me holler at you for a minute. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? If you have, let me tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me break it down for you. Anchor has tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, come here, it's free. Don't let nobody know I told you that. So, if you're interested in starting your own podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The Wrestling With My Thoughts podcast would like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Chance, creating hope and needed care for everyone. Chance provides outpatient counseling services for individuals with mental health and addictive disease needs. At their clinics, you'll be assessed to determine your specific treatment needs. The staff at Chance then works together with you, your family, your community partners, and other supportive people that you choose to develop your strengths, skills, and self-determination that will allow you to live an empowered life. If you or someone you love is in need of the care and services offered by Chance, please contact them at 877-393-8184. Or you can email them at contactus at chancecreatinghope.org. For more information, please visit www.chancecreatinghope.org because everyone deserves a second chance. Morning, Kurt. How you doing? Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can't hear you, Kurt. You can't hear me? You're really low, but I can hear you. Yeah. How about now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Here's Brandon. Hey, can you hear me now? What's going on, Brandon? Not much. How y'all feeling? Good. Good. How you doing? Can you hear Brandon, Kurt? All right. Hi, Aaron. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode four of the new and improved Wrestling With My Thoughts podcast. My name is Ron G. I'm here with my other hosts, Mr. Kurt and Brandon. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hopefully, you guys have had a great week. Uh, Brandon, how was your week? Uh, it was up and down, <laughs> really. But besides, you know, <laughs> work. You know, I, I work with kids, so it was up and down week in that regard. Other than that, my week's been pretty good. <laughs> right, Mr. Kurt, how was your week, man? Mine was good, just busy. Yeah, I can't complain myself. Work has been very busy as of late, but it's not 
for me at least, it hasn't been stressful busy. It's been my day is flying by kind of busy. So I'm not complaining about that at all. <laughs> so, well, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we've changed the format here of wrestling with my faults. Um, I came into contact. Uh, Kurt and I have known each other for some years, got to know Brandon through Kurt. And we came up with this idea to shift the focus of wrestling with my thoughts from what I was doing previously into adding Kurt and Brandon as, as hosts. And we're going to focus on wrestling. Uh, we're a podcast about wrestling for wrestling fans by wrestling fans. And today what we're going to be doing is reviewing AEW Dynamite Grand Slam and AEW Rampage Grand Slam. Then afterwards, we got a few things we want to talk about. Got some new news about uh, CM Punk. And then we want to talk about the situation with the Crown Jewel involving Logan Paul and uh, Roman Reigns and give our thoughts on that, where we think they might go and, and all that sort of stuff. So without further ado, gentlemen, let's dive into uh, AEW Dynamite Grand Slam from Arthur Ashe Stadium on September 22nd, and um, I'll save my overall thoughts for the show uh, after the, the review of every match. The show jumped off uh, right away with a match between Chris Jericho and Claudio Castagnoli for the former uh, Cesaro for the Ring of Honor Championship. Before we go into this match, um, how do you gentlemen feel about the Ring of Honor titles being defended on AEW shows. Uh, I'll go first. I don't have I don't have a problem with it, but I wish they would uh, have a, a TV show for Ring of Honor. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Cause I kind of feel like it put me in the mind of when the WWE bought WCW back in the day. And we can even go further down the line when they went and took on ECW as well. And we know how, how all that went. I kind of feel like they need their own show to showcase, you know, their talent specifically. And then if you want to mix everybody together, save that for a pay-per-view or something like that. But I mean, in general, I don't have too much of an issue with it at all, really. But I just, would, I would like to see Raw H have his own show again. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, um, it just kind of further dilutes the, the title pictures um, in AEW. They already have too many AEW titles. And to further complicate things with Ring of Honor titles, to me, just kind of muddies the waters a little bit. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Tony Khan um, revive Ring of Honor, but if it's going to be done the same way he's booking um, AEW, I would rather leave it alone if it's, if it's all the same. So, but the match between Chris Jericho and, and Claudio, um, I thought was, was going to be a pretty good match. Um, Claudio started the match with the Ring of Honor handshake. Um, that's something I always liked about uh, Ring of Honor. Initially, I didn't like it. I thought it was kind of phony because you didn't start a fight by shaking your, your opponent's hand when you got in a fight. But um, once, the, uh, once the understanding of why they did it, um, came up. I, I definitely liked it. Um, so um, going into the into the match, I've noticed Jericho has gotten into a, a 
in my opinion, at least, um, a bad habit of not selling anything. Um, it, it registers for like a quick second, but then that's it. They, they don't, um, he doesn't sell anything. And I got a question on the outside of the ring. Who is the old man that got shoved down? Who was that? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if that, I don't know if that guy. Maybe I looked away. I don't know if that guy jumped the rail or something. I don't know who that was, and nobody ever explained it from what I saw. So, but um, as the match continues, um, I brought it up with you, gentlemen. As we talked a little bit on yesterday, it's like every match has to have these back and forth chops or or forearms during the match, and. That gets really old really fast because we're seeing it every match on every show just about. Um, the one thing I, the, the one thing I did like about the match was the the suplex that Claudio gave uh, Jericho off of the ring apron. I'm not a big fan of move off, moves off the ring apron, but that's that suplex looked nice. <laughs> yeah, it did. Well, it's very very nicely. What's the word I'm looking for here? Very nicely executed. And yeah. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't think it was a bad match either. I thought it was okay. I did and I did like Jerry yeah. playing the win. That took me by surprise. That took me it, by it took surprise. Me by surprise as well. But I, I can see the storyline they might be trying to do with um Danny Garcia, with Daniel Garcia and because he's a pure champion, and then uh, Chris Jericho. Because I think they're gonna start that uh, storyline maybe next week. Yeah, if if you saw the little thing they did, I think it was last night. What they supposed to have the Jericho Appreciation Society on Dynamite next week? Yep, they're supposed to do like a little celebration or something, right? Yeah, so I think that storyline might kick off next week. Yeah, because like they y'all see was trying to tell them something, and Jericho was like, "Nah, not tonight." So we'll see. Yeah, that might that might actually turn into a pretty nice program. We'll see. And then for me, um, another – I hate to do this because, again, I sound like the old man in the room, but another thing that I complain about uh, with AEW that everybody kicks out of everything. And, again, it, it happens constantly. It, it happens so – it happens so much that I just – I lose interest in the match almost because I know that – and it, it, the match isn't going to end until about 20 minutes in. You know what I mean? Because everybody's kicking out of everything. So I don't feel like I have to pay attention to the match because it's going to go about 20 minutes. And then around 20 minutes is when the actual pinfall is going to occur. Um, I just don't like it. It it ruins it, man. It's, again, it's the little things for me that if you reserve somebody kicking out of something for specific moments and not in every match – I'm not saying every time a guy gets pinned that he that he has to go down for the one, two, three. But I am saying that you don't even go for a pin until it's towards the end of the match. You work a guy over, you you wear him down, and then you go for the pin at the end when it's time to go for the finish. Uh but this kicking out of everything in every match, uh, it it for me, it makes me lose interest in the match. How do you guys feel about that? But but that, that's the state of wrestling yeah. right now. You know, I don't like it, but that that's the state of wrestling. It's, it's ADW, WWE, Impact. It, everybody's doing, it. and that's just right now the culture. 
that we you know have to just endure. But I don't like it at all. Yeah, it's I'm saying with Kurt. Um, that's just what it is now. Like that's the whole the wrestling culture has changed over time, and I think that the audience of today, especially the newer ones that are coming in, the younger ones, you know, everything it just needs to be fast and furious. That's the only way you can hold their attention. So, yeah, because out of my, my well, I mean, I'm okay with the. I'm okay myself with the the speed of the match and the pace of the match. That doesn't bother me, but I just I I don't see the need of kicking out of everything in every match because if I'm not mistaken, didn't Chris Jericho win this match with a kick to the balls? That set up, yeah, they did that, that, that set up the finish of the match. But I don't think up, okay. Yeah. I don't think that was the finish. But my so, thing, so my biggest thing is when you kick out of somebody's finishing move, that's my biggest gripe. Right. Because I don't think that should happen at all unless it's in a big hype pay-per-view and it's a, just a maybe the top of the car. Maybe you do it then, but not just you kick out of somebody's finish every match you have. I don't think, you know, that's not that's not the way to do it. Because it, it basically it makes it seem like the finisher don't mean anything. And you got to now. You have to exactly. do some ungodly move to just put somebody down. When you know your finisher is supposed to be the move that you put somebody down with once and for all. You shouldn't kick out. Nobody should kick out of anybody's finisher, like Kurt said, unless it's a very, very big match. And I think it should only be used one time. You kick out that first time, and then okay, they power on out of it. Well, my, and then bro. the next time you. You got to put them down. You might have to do something screwy or whatever, or go to the, the top rope or something. Maybe if they could do it that way, but you know, the finishers mean nothing now at all. They don't mean anything. Well, my my whole point for bringing up the fact that that Jericho kicked in the balls to win to win the title, um, a kick to the balls puts you down for the one two three, but a move off the top rope doesn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a man. I know what it feels like to get hit in the balls. It hurts like hell. <laughs> but I, I think that if somebody if somebody does a move that that is supposed to plant my head into the mat, that's gonna kick. Uh, that's gonna keep me down quicker than a kick in the balls would. I mean, I've been hitting the balls before. I know how it feels, but I just don't see that as a logical finish to the match when you have such impact moves going on. But that's just me. But Jericho wins. He's the Ring of Honor champion. What are your thoughts on Chris Jericho as the ROH champion? Like I said, I think they're setting up the storyline between him and Daniel Garcia, and we'll we'll see how it go. Okay. Brandon, you got any thoughts on it? Kurt, are you there? I'm here. Okay, I don't hear Brandon. I'm I'm back. A text message went off on my phone and Siri decided to read it to me. Ah, I'm back. But, uh, yeah, Jericho, for me, Jericho is a Ring of Honor champion. Um, I I understand what Kurt's saying, and it makes, what Kurt is saying makes sense, but I just, I mean, I guess it's just a personal preference for me. <laughs> I don't like it. And and mainly because, like I said, the Ring of Honor titles 
um, all due respect to Ring of Honor and everybody holding one of their titles, it doesn't mean nothing right now. That's good English, right? It means nothing right now because Ring of Honor is dead. So um, maybe this is Tony's way of trying to build up Ring of Honor for a reboot or relaunch or whatever. But we'll see how it plays out. I'm not going to shit on it all together. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. yeah, and I wouldn't say it's dead. I, I I would say they don't have a their own TV deal, but by him having the titles being defended on TV, you know, every week, I think that's keeping it alive and you know maybe something to come out of. Because I think they have some talent on the roster. It can it can even be better, you know. So we just had to see how it go. Yeah. All right, next up, we've got the Acclaimed versus Swerve in Our Glory for the tag team titles. Um, I got a question for you guys that has really has nothing to do with the match. It's just an overall question, but I, I noticed it here with the intro of Swerve in Our Glory. Um, how much is Tony Khan shilling out for all of these damn rappers? I mean, I know the man's got money, but I mean... It, it, I, it can't be cheap because it seems like everybody has a rapper in their entourage now. But if you know, I think how they do it is he'll pay them maybe the um like a the, what they would get for a show if they were doing a show, or maybe even a little more. Now, my my first knock on this match is that I, I realize the acclaimed is over as hell. But the champ or champs should never come out first unless they're facing some sort of mystery opponent. Um, maybe that's the old school in me. I don't know. But the champ should never come out first unless they're facing a mystery opponent. And I agree with that. And something that I've always uh, just learned, just watching wrestling over the years, whenever the champ comes out first, that tells you they're going to lose. Yep. And I hate the scissor me shit. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't like it. I think it's stupid. Um, but it's over as hell, and so is the acclaim. They got one hell of a pop. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was a good decision to put the titles on. I thought they are so hot right now. Yeah, it was the right time because it would have been. It would have deflated everything if they would have kept the titles off of them. But kind of like how they're doing the street profits over there in the other companies. So I think it was I, I I think it was it was perfect timing. And you know, we'll I guess we'll see what kind of run they're gonna have. I don't know if it's gonna be for long, but we'll see what kind of run because they're they're over as hell right now. Yeah. Now, one thing I did notice in this match, I I've heard Jim Cornette refer to this uh refer to this referee that, that did this match as the corpse referee and holy shit if he's not right they did a close-up of that man i've never noticed it before that dude literally looks like a damn corpse i mean (laughs) it was funny as hell to me but i i lost it when i saw that guy and how dead he really does look um there was a point in the match where i never i never paid attention to that say what I said I never paid attention to. I I can't hear you, Kurt. I said I never paid attention to. Oh, okay. Um, there was a point in the match where uh, 
Keith Lee did a head scissor takeover. And it would have been it would have been great because of somebody that size doing a head scissor takeover. But dude leaned down for him and, and basically put his head there for Keith Lee to grab. Um again, man, it's just it's little stuff for me. And I realize Keith Lee is a big man, and if that's the case, then the guy taking the head scissor takeover should just go down to one knee like he's in pain or something and let Keith Lee do it that way. Um, or or set up that that spot where he leans over a little bit better. To me, they just they telegraph the hell out of it. Um, and am I? We we talked about this a little bit uh, before, but am I so much of a purist for wrestling to say that when Swerve hit uh, 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 Caster while standing on the apron? What I mean is when when Swerve when Keith Lee was the legal man in the ring, and Swerve is standing on the outside of the ring, waiting for the tag or or just standing there because he's not the legal man. While he was doing that, and the referee is looking at them, he hit Mac, uh, Max Caster. And maybe I'm too much of a purist, but wouldn't that have been a disqualification? It should have been. I mean, again, I hate that I sound like I'm beating a dead horse. I sound like a broken record, all that shit. But it's the little things for me. It's stuff like that, that like the the fighting outside the ring can take forever. Nobody gets counted out. I honestly yeah. wish a referee would go into business for himself and just, like, count somebody out and call the match or disqualify somebody and call the match. I mean, I know nobody's going to do that because nobody's going to risk a paycheck. I get that, but... I don't know, man. It's just it's 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 the little things for me. And um, if they're gonna let the match uh, continue after Swerve hit Keith Lee in the back of the head with whatever that was, um, when Keith Lee falls down after getting hit in the head, why the hell would you go to the top rope to do a move? Pin the motherfucker. I was about to say that should have been the finish. Well, it could have yeah, could have I mean, been the finish, or set up the finish. But I'm like, what was the point? Because that's like now you're te- it almost seemed like they were teasing the breakup too. That's what I thought was getting ready to happen. Yeah, and it's 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 it happened again with the finish of the match. Uh, Billy Gunn gave uh, Swerve the Famouser on the outside of the ring, put him down threw him into the ring, and they go up to the top rope to do their finisher. Pin the motherfucker, win the match. And this, to me, that's, that's storytelling. That's booking. Now, what I don't like about that is there was no clear-cut babyface or heel team in this match. So one would think as over as the acclaimed is that they're the babyfaces. So I don't like that they had to cheat to win. Um, from the logic standpoint of booking, the babyface never cheats to win. Um, and that's essentially what this was. But if they're going to go that route, then when Billy Gunn throws him in the ring, just pin him. Because you, because logically thinking, if you go to the top rope to, to hit a move, the time that it takes you to walk from where you're at to the rope, to climb the top rope, to get set and jump off, that gives the opponent time to recover and get out of the way. At right. least that's how I'm thinking. 
At least go for it. And if he kicks out, he kicks out. But at least go for the pin. Yeah. Yeah. Because right there, you know, he's stunned. That makes sense. And then also he's like, why did my partner just smack me upside the head with that or whatever? Like, you know, whatever. And that was just a that was just a that was just a blown opportunity. That's the only part. Of, that's the only yes. part of that match I really Absolutely. didn't like. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree with you there. Um, and I mean, they they were right to put the tag titles on the acclaimed. It was the right time to pull that trigger, so to speak, uh, because they're over as hell. Um, so it's it's the smart thing to do. But just the way they did it didn't, in my opinion, now you couldn't tell it by the crowd reaction, obviously, but in my opinion, the way they did it didn't do the acclaimed any favors. Um, Because you had two matches, two title switches, and all of it was due to some kind of fuckery going on. So um, the match overall for me was a letdown. What do you guys think? I thought it was a pretty good. Well, go ahead. Yeah, I went. I'm sorry. I wasn't mad at the match, but and then we had to just get used to, like I said, the the culture of wrestling right now. Everything is a high spot, and that's what they do when you know you have them beat right here. But now I'm gonna go to the top. You know, it's it's unnecessary, and I don't like. But again, you know, we just had to adjust to what what the culture is right now. I thought. I thought over I thought overall the match was pretty good. It's just it, I meant to, I forgot to mention when uh Mr. Ass went and did that spot on the outside and all that. Those are the only two things about the match that I didn't like. But overall I felt like the match was pretty good and it was nice to see a uh, it was it was nice to see a team that's over currently, you know, get a win and they get a run with the title. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it turns out. We'll, yeah, we'll see we'll see how it turns out. See how the title run goes for them. Um, unless there's some really, really messed up booking, I don't see it being a bad title run because you've got an exciting tag team that has the titles. They're over. The crowd loves them. So it should be all good. But we'll see how it goes. Um, you, know how it, you know how it goes in wrestling when you know the fans like like a like a team or a, a wrestler too much. And you know, you know how that goes. So. Yeah. And then next we see uh, FTR in the back doing a, uh, doing a promo. How in the hell is FTR not in the title picture? I mean, they're the best damn tag team in the business right now. And they're carrying around two bullshit titles. All due respect to Ring of Honor, and I think it's AAA. All due respect to those promotions, but Ring of Honor doesn't exist, and AAA doesn't run shows in the U.S. that I'm aware of. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't do them any good. And now it looks like they're trying to work them into a program with the guns. Um, I don't want to call them the ass boys because I because I've heard them say from their mouths that they don't like being called that, but. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> but now it now it looks like they're going into a program with them, and Tony Khan, in my opinion, doing that is painting himself into a corner because the guns are on an upward trajectory. Beating them would cool them off and hurt their their movement up, and FTR can't keep losing and keep the momentum that they have. 
so this is what I think. I think, and I agree with you, I, but I think the only reason they're not in the title picture because everybody knows they are the best tag team right now. And I think he's trying to move up the gun boys and maybe he don't outright have them be just a clean victory, but maybe they get cheat the win just to get some momentum. Hopefully so, man, because they, they are too damn talented. Absolutely. And they keep putting them in singles matches, too. Um, I, I don't get that. That's, that's, that's a whole yeah, that's that's what I don't like. I'm like, stop doing that. They the best tag team in the world. Stop having these single matches that don't mean anything. Yeah, that's a that's an old WWE trope. They they put a tag team together and then split them up to make one one or both of them a single star. And I don't like that. I realize I, I've heard other people talk about it on other shows that it it comes down to a cost thing. I've heard Jim Ross talk about that a lot. It comes down to a cost thing that you're paying for one guy versus two guys, but that's no way to effectively run a tag team division. But it only comes to down to a cost team when you know one is better than the other one and you see this one can be a star, this one cannot, then you're trying to break them up. But I don't think you, you can't break FTR up and think either one of them going to just be a star because they're not. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Learn from, uh, learn a lesson from when they broke up the Dudley boys. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because it, it Bubba Ray worked out fine, or Bully Ray, whatever we're calling him now, worked out fine. But unfortunately, it hurt Devon. And I honestly don't think until they put them back together, I don't think that did anything but hurt Devon. Absolutely. It hurt him bad. And at first, it wasn't doing bu- it wasn't doing Bully Ray no justice either. Really, Bully Ray didn't become he didn't really get like mainstream like that until he went to TNA anyway. So. That first run in the WWE, they both of them, they was on separate shows. Ain't nobody really care about seeing them. But when they came back together, it was bad. It was it was on again. So all right. Next up is something I couldn't wait to talk to you two about. Um, the MJF segment. MJF came out to a huge pop. Um and it's not that I don't think that pop was genuine. But I did have a thought that are these fans legitimately cheering for him or are they cheering because this is supposed to be a big show, they're supposed to cheer loud or whatever. I wonder, I I don't know, I just wonder how much that had to do with it. Um, And I don't even know why I thought that, but that thought did pop into my head. Um. And they're they're trying to build up Wheeler Yuta. Um, and the AEW faithful will love an MJF versus Wheeler Yuta match. I see no upside to it, especially right now with with the with the 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 heat that MJF has behind him. Because if you beat again, Tony Khan p- painting himself into a corner. If you beat Yuta, he lead, he loses whatever build you're trying to give him. If you beat MJF, you just put ice on your hottest fucking heel. So I I, I disagree with that because if you beat Yuta, you don't lose anything. And you can still beat him up with somebody else, just not against MJF. But you, you definitely can't beat MJF right now. There's no way you can do that. There's no way you can do that. No. But I don't understand 
him trying to put a storyline with, but with them two together, that makes zero sense at all to me. It makes no sense at all. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, Brandon? Um, MJF versus Yuna. Um, and, and when I ask, what are your thoughts? Like, who goes over in that match? Nobody. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it falls flat because, again, I, I don't fault AEW for trying to build um, Wheeler Yuta. You, you've got you've to come up with some new talent at some point because you can't just keep signing. He being Tony K, or Tony K, Tony Khan can't keep just signing <laughs> WWE cast-offs because then you have right. effectively another situation that WWE or WCW had. So he's got to build the talent. So I'm not mad at him pushing Yuta, but nobody wins in this match, no matter who wins, if you follow what I'm saying. But my but my biggest gripe is and the question question I have for you guys, that that push, and, and I don't mean the, the, the JR push, the almighty push, but the literal push that, that MJF gave to, to Tony Schiavone. I, if, if there was a planned spot for him to push Tony, I don't think Tony was expecting it to be that that hard. But I honestly don't think Tony saw that coming. I don't think he did either. Because the look on his face was like, for real? When he was, you know, sitting over on the stage looking at him or whatever, so... It was I, just, just, I, I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't pay no attention at first until you brought it up, and I went back and looked at it, and I was like, "Okay." Yeah, because just the look on on Shivani's face was like, "What the hell?" Real, like he's giving him like he Tony, had his head turned, looking at him, like giving him that look, like I'll just smack the shit out of you right now. <laughs> and and Tony's what? Tony's what? Sixty three or something like that. Uh, I is. don't know. And then we see. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember who it was backstage at the moment, but uh, I know Trina was with him. And all due respect to Trina, and I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but <laughs> when was the last time Trina was relevant? About 2002. <laughs> I mean, you you got her there. And I love Trina. And I, I don't know. I, I think Tony Khan, I understand he's trying to reach a certain demographic or whatever with that, but I think Tony Khan may have a fucking rapper fetish. I don't know. But um I think he reliving his childhood. <laughs> the third match, Orange Cassidy versus Pac for the All Atlantic Championship. My first question is before we go into the match itself, am I not mistaken that initially they were calling that the Mid Atlantic Championship? It was always the All Atlantic. Okay, okay, then that is my my misunderstanding. I thought they were calling it the Mid Atlantic at first. Okay, so no, I don't think I don't think they could do that. Gotcha. Okay, um, I gave absolutely zero fucks about this match because of who was in it. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't care. Um, y'all can talk about it if you want to. I'm absolutely. Perfectly fine with skipping over this match altogether. Yeah, I'm good. I ain't got nothing to say. All right. Next. <laughs> um, fourth match on the card was Athena versus Tony Storm versus Britt Baker versus Serena Deeb. Uh, Serena Deeb. 
for the women's interim women's title, um, kind of person by person, my, my thoughts on this. Um, I liked Athena as Ember Moon in WWE, but in some ways, I think I'm seeing now why she was released. Um, and that's not a shot at her. It's just that I think some of the things she does don't translate well to wrestling. And I don't quite know how to explain that, but that's how I feel. Um, no, I, I understand what you're saying. I definitely understand what you're saying on that, on that end. I, yeah, so do I. Right. And then um, Serena Deeb, I keep hearing she's the best women's wrestler in AEW. And all due respect to the women that are wrestling in AEW, is that really saying anything considering how bad the women's division is there? And I don't, I don't see, it. I don't, I don't see how they can say she's the best women's wrestler. I don't see it at all, not at all. And she doesn't win anything. No, she hasn't done anything. She, she hasn't won anything. Now you bring up Charlotte, Charlotte Flair. Absolutely, she's one of the best in the world right now. Even though she's on hiatus and everything, she's one of the best in the world. She, she wins. She's a winner. I haven't seen Serena D win anything. No. No. And then um, Tony Storm. I know her by name, and I'm sure I've seen her. But for the life of me, I can't remember her before AEW. I, can't um, either, I, I know she was know in. A... Say what? Yeah, I don't know why she even have has the title. I don't. I don't understand why they're pushing her as as well. I don't get that either. Yeah. And then Britt Baker, she's not bad. She's a good. She's good in the ring. But I don't see the hype. And, and maybe it's because their women's roster is so thin. Um, now, I definitely, even, even if they had a solid women's roster, she would be near the top of it. But I don't get, and, and maybe I'm reading and hearing the hype in the wrong way, but I just don't see all the praise that she gets. Um, she's not bad. I just don't see the, all the praise. Now, for the match itself, I'm not a big fan of three-way matches or four-way matches because they tend to be messy. Um, theoretically, to me, in a three-way match or, or, or more involving pinfalls, theoretically, those matches should go on forever because you're never going to put down all three opponents long enough to pin somebody for a three-count. Um, so I'm just not a big fan of those type of matches. I like Battle Royals. I just don't like these type of matches. Um, and I put down here in my notes that I wasn't sure how Britt Baker started bleeding. Then I saw AEW botches on Instagram, and Athena smashed the hell out of her face with that backdrop. And I don't know how she didn't break her nose. Thoughts, so they, make, they, must those, they must make they must make those boxes like right after the show goes on. Did Did you see how it happened? I didn't I see did. how I it happened. Her, I saw her bleed. I, I saw her bleed, and and I was I'm trying to figure out because she's broke her nose before, and I think that's why it was so easy for this to happen again. Hmm. Now the end of the match. Um. All right. Well, first. 
Tony Storm wins. She's a she's a women's champion in a match that was just blocked to me. Um, so I don't want to, you know, props to Tony Storm for winning the match, but you know that is what it is. There was a lot of stupid fuckery after the match, and then Soraya, formerly known as Paige from the WWE, showed up. Now, for me. To, to quote Jim Ross from WWE, business just picked up because she's a huge talent and a huge boost, in my opinion, at least, to their women's division. But Tony Khan, yet again, fucked up another new wrestler showing up. He, to me, it, it seems like he can't get this right. And I know we, we, we kind of went over it last night in our pre-call, but... I, you you she comes out with music and she comes out after everybody's had their ass beat. What was the point in that? But the other the other bad part about it is she comes out and then all the ladies get out of the ring. So now you you just devalued everybody. Cause it, so, so now everybody's scared of her. It's she's one woman. Yep. It's four of y'all. So you just devalued the whole women's division when yep. you did that. So nobody means anything now. Nobody. Yeah. And then that brings us, well, before we move on to the the main event, um, I'll say this. I am excited to see her um, in AEW because I am a fan of hers. Um, I think she's very good in the ring. She's legit as hell. It's just going to be interesting seeing her work with some of the women that they have in AEW. I just hope that they don't regulate her to AEW dark. It's like we're all TV for too I long. I just don't. I was never a fan, and I, I never understood the hype. So, you know, maybe she can change her mind, but we'll see. Well, I, I, I thought Paige, when she was in the when she had that run in WWE, I thought she was pretty cool. So, she was somebody I look forward. She was somebody I look forward to watching every week. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, main event. Brian Danielson versus John Moxley for the interim world title. Um, question I asked here at the very start is how much is Tony Khan spending on licensed music? <laughs> Cause that is not cheap. Um, for me, I'm not a huge Moxley fan to begin with, but he's coming out to a song that isn't even a good hype song. Uh, so it, I don't know. It, it's just same thing with Jungle Boy. I know Jungle Boy is not involved in the match. Jungle Boy wasn't even on the card, but he's coming out to a song. That, it's for me an intro song. Intro music is supposed to get you hype, um, and these songs just don't do it. Their ring announcement. I think the fans. But I think I'm sorry. I mean, cut y'all wrong, but I think the fans like Jungle Boy songs. They interact with it every show, so. Um, their ring announcer is worse than Bruce Buffer. Um, Bruce Buffer is borderline nerve-wracking to me. The way he introduces the main event on UFC cards, but that's what got him his money. What, what's the ring announcer's name in AEW? Justin yes. Roberts. He's terrible. I hate his introductions. I mute them shits because I cannot stand the way he introduces people. 
Um, that said, let's get into the match. Um, for me, the notes I made was Moxley doesn't sell shit. Um, <laughs> I wish they would retire the knife edge chops. They do them way too fucking much. Every match, every show. Um, one thing I want to take a moment to discuss is that they missed a a beautiful opportunity to build on storytelling. Um, I, I read how and see how Dave Meltzer blows Tony Khan about his booking. But in this match, they missed a huge opportunity to capitalize on a story from the previous show where Daniel Bryan supposedly injured his, his leg, his ankle, his foot, whatever it was, and they didn't follow up on it in this match. I think an announcer mentioned it one time. Um, Daniel Bryan wasn't limping at all. John Moxley, to my knowledge, watching the match, I don't remember seeing him attack that leg as a way to immobilize Daniel Bryan. And last but not least, the announcers. They are the ones that that set the tone for what you're watching in the match, and they did not talk about that at length. One time, one mention from what I heard. Um, what do you guys think about that? Am I making too much of that? Uh, maybe so, because I didn't really pay any attention the previous week. But that's just, you know, me. Because I don't think that they, his booking is so bad that he's not paying any attention to detail on little small things like that. And like you say, it's small, but it could have been a better storyline coming in. But he's not looking at the small things like that. Right. And I think the bigger opportunity is letting um, Daniel lose the match. Because there's no – I'm tired of seeing Moxley with the title. And there's more money to be made with Daniel and MJF. That's where your money is at. Yep. Um, so that's that. That's another huge opportunity. The, the biggest opportunity you missed right there. Um, going back to I guess whatever happened to his leg, because as y'all know, we talked yesterday. I was not. I liked the match. The only thing I hated was the finish. Um, because I don't want to see Mox as the champion again. We've seen it twice already, and I felt like uh, I feel like Danielson should be in that spot. But I think that after I had time to kind of think about it, I said, you know what? Okay. I might have felt a little bit better about Mox winning the match if they did showcase that bad leg that Daniel Bryan had and it was exploited throughout the match and then he ended up losing because, you know, maybe his leg gave out on a move or or something, you know, just to kind of tie it all together. And it's like, okay, well, Daniel Bryan, well, uh, Bryan Danielson wasn't at 100%, so that's, I don't want to say it's his excuse, but it, it, would just make, it would just make better sense to me. Um, but it would make better, sense. but you know, like Kurt said, your money, and I think we all agreed on this your money is Brian Danielson versus MJL. You got a clear heel and a clear baby face, and that would be. Um, and then we also we can see if, NJ, if MJF can really wrestle and can he hang, can he hang in the ring with Daniel Bryan? Well, Brian, dang, Brian Danielson, and I think it would be an interesting dynamic. Maybe they might revisit that somewhere sooner, somewhere sooner, later down the line, maybe. But I mean, I personally sure as hell don't want to see um, NJF versus John Moxley. I don't too much care. I mean, I'm going to watch it anyway, but I don't too much care. But 
And the thing about it is we haven't seen Danielson and MJF in too many matches against each other. I've never let me they had a match against each other. Cause I don't even remember seeing one. And that, that's another point. I don't remember seeing a match between them two. Or they might have been in a, a ring. I don't I don't remember even seeing them in the ring together. But it might, maybe it's me, maybe it's just something I missed or whatever. Or, or maybe or maybe I'm getting it mixed up. But I think that's where the money mm-hmm. is to be made at. Yeah. Absolutely. Because Brian Danielson is he's he's pretty much getting ready to hit legend status if he isn't already there. So you're gonna be over with that crowd. MJF is legitimately hated, but I think some of the fan I think some of the fans cheer him because it's cool to cheer a bad guy. That's what I think it is. But um he's a, a legit MJF is a legit heel. He's the most legit heel in the business right now. So I just feel like they just they just missed a big, big opportunity. It would have been all right if, if Mox was in that ring with anybody else. I, w- I probably wouldn't have had an issue with him being a champion because I'm like, okay, he's the person that should go in this match and it would make sense. But you got Danielson in there, man. Unless he got like an energy uh, injury or something. You got to put that strap on him. You do. Yeah, I, I just, I, I put down, this was, uh, this was just an absolute, absolute bullshit finish to me. Um, Terrible. I'm like you guys. I, I don't want to see Moxley with the title again. And I, I don't mean to shit on Moxley, but I, I'm I'm not a fan. He his his promos don't don't impress me. Uh, his the way he wrestles doesn't impress me. Uh, he's just not my cup of tea. So it, it's not for me. But some fans love him. That said, I, I wish he, I wish, I wish he would go away. I wish he would go away. <laughs> I'm cool with him, but I will say, out of all three members of the Shield, he's probably the last one I would have wanted to see. But that's you know, but I, I'm I'm okay with him. I don't have a, I don't particularly have a disdain for him at all. Yeah. I do. Yeah, I just I, I I don't I don't see an upside. <clears throat> of where they go from here with Moxley as champion. Because it, it 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 has to be setting up a run uh, or MJF for a run with the title. I, I get that. And that, I think, is the smart move. But I don't think Moxley was the guy to to work that angle, I guess. Um, well, well, let's spend it like well, – um, go ahead, Ron. I'm sorry. For for me, um, this show was was flat as hell. The overall show was just flat as hell to me. It was hyped to be a big show, and it may have been in terms of what Tony Khan spent to promote it, um, but it didn't have a big show feel to me. Every every title, well, not every title because they got about a million titles in AEW, but the major titles were were all on the line. But to me, it just didn't have that that big show feel. Um, for me, there there really is no best match, and for the second week in the row, the worst match for me is largely due to an absolute head scratching bullshit finish. Um, Kurt, what was your uh, your best and worst? The worst is the the, the main event with Moxley and uh, Danielson because Danielson should have won that match because I don't see any upside with Moxley. Um, having a title. So, because the thing is, even if you 
Daniel Bryan, I mean, yeah, Daniel Bryan's and Bryan Danielson wins. Even if you don't put the belt on MJF, you still can put it on, keep it on Danielson and have them just go on the long story storyline together. But Moxley, nobody wants to see that. So now if he if, if he loses MJF, who who gonna go against MJF now? You can't keep going with Moxley. And I would say that the best match to me was uh, they claim and. And what about you, Brandon? What was your overall thoughts on oh. the show? Well, hold on. Let's hear what Kirk. I think you just cut Kurt off. Let's hear what he. I couldn't hear what he was finishing with. What his best match was. I would say the best match is the claim against uh, Keith Lee and uh, Swerve. Okay. All right. Um. As for me, the worst of the show was that finish between uh, Brian uh, Brian Danielson and John Moxley. Um, and what I was sitting here thinking was not to go off topic, but this is what I was sitting here thinking was, was that, um, maybe, maybe we might just get that Brian Dangs and MGF feud where Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson is chasing the title. If they put the title on MJF, which I think if they don't put that title on MJF anytime soon, that's, you pretty much going to be dead in the water. Um, so maybe they're trying to spin it like that. Maybe I know I've been saying we'll see you like during this whole show, but it's kind of like that's how I mean with, with the show overall. I was just I was looking at a lot of things. All right, well, let's just see what happens. And um that hate to be a repeat, but you know, the best thing on the show for me was seeing the acclaim win the tag team championship. I think they did the right thing. I think they did the right thing. And I want to give an honorable mention to Jericho winning the ROH title. I think that's a um that's a milestone and accomplishment because that means that I, I can't even, I'm lost count of how many companies Jericho was wrestling for, but he's pretty much won besides WCW. He's won the world. Well, now he did win the world champion. Never mind. But he's pretty much won the world championship in every company he's wrestled for. So, and he, that's the ROH title is another one on the list. So that just adds to his, um, that adds to his legacy. So I had that as an honorable mention. So that's, um, I, the, the show was okay for me. Um, but yeah, I just hated the uh, I just hated the finish of that main event. That was my biggest biggest gripe, and that's it. Yeah, all right. Now, the uh, the rampage review. I will be completely transparent that I didn't get to see um, very much of rampage, uh, so I'll leave this review to you, uh, you gentlemen, and um, let you guys run through it. Um, I apologize for that, but I had something else going on and didn't get a chance to to check out the show like I said I would. Um, so if y'all want to run through that real quick, uh, we can do that before we move on. Uh, yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Well, I watched a little bit of it this morning. And yeah. So I can go through it. I can go through it, Brandon, and yeah. just talk about it. So we had the House of Black versus Sting and Darby Allen. Um which I don't understand this this match at all. I didn't didn't like it. And at the end, you bring the great mood out for what reason I have no idea. Like what is he involved for? Nostalgia. And then the, the worst thing is, so they put Sting in handcuffs, put him in a chair. Muda comes out, looks at Sting, Sting starts laughing, and then breaks the handcuffs. I'm like, are you are we really doing this on TV? Did you break a hand breaking out the handcuffs? That match made zero sense at all. None. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think the Muda thing was nostalgic. I think this is like his last year. So it's kind of like his farewell tour. 
So maybe they had something to do with that and they just put him in with that spot with Sting. Um, yeah, him breaking out of those handcuffs all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, that's whack. Somebody should have had a key at ringside. That would have made more sense. Um, let's see, what else happened on that show? Um, we we go to the next match. The next match is uh, Action, Action yes. Brogner, Boston. Action Bronson and uh, Hook. Bronson and Hook against, um, I think they're part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yeah. Um, Action Bronson and Hook went over. And I think both of them used, the, I still call it the task mission, but both of them used the task mission and went over. Um, it was cool for what it was. I didn't realize that that was Action yeah. Bronson. On, I didn't know that Action Bronson did Hook's song. And so I thought that was cool. He went and wrapped them on out to the ring. Um, but it wasn't really nothing noteworthy because you know you we come on you knew who was going over in that match. <laughs> but to be honest with you, the dude uh, Action Bronson, he didn't look bad. No, he didn't. I was really surprised. He been he he, he been in that he been like, in that training. I said, man, he looked pretty good. Yeah, and he and he realize, been in that he been in that training, and you could tell he's a real fan too. I don't. Yeah, he, yeah, because I didn't realize he was that big. But I was like, you know, he didn't do bad. He didn't do bad at all. I still don't understand. I understand how they, hey. they push a hook, but I don't understand. I know that's Taz's son, but I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Why, why, why you don't get it? Don't get it. You, think he, you think he hadn't had, you don't think he put, uh, put enough time in or? I, I don't. I, and I don't see the talent. I just don't see the talent hmm. in there. I think he's trying to be Ron, a little bit, I think he's trying to be too much like his dad. Yeah. Ron, do you see any talent in the hook? Ron. Sorry about that, gentlemen. I, I was on mute um, doing some research here on the uh, on the information we got coming up next, but I didn't hear the question. I apologize. Do you see any? I said, do you see it? Go ahead, Brandon. Go ahead, Brandon. No, Kurt, no, Kurt asked if you seen if you saw anything in uh, Taz's son, Hook. And we was talking about the match to him and um, the tag team match for him and Action Bronson and um those two guys from the Jericho Associate Jericho Appreciation Society. And I'm, I'm I'm I tried to let you finish so I can but I'm still having trouble hearing you. Do you do you see any talent in uh Taz the Sun Hook? No. Um and now I'll I'll say this. Um I haven't seen a lot of him. But what I have seen, uh, I don't get the hype surrounding him. Um, so I, I, no, I don't, I don't see it. Maybe, maybe he'll come along and do something to surprise me or whatever. But I, I don't get the hype. I, yeah, that's what I said. I, I don't, I don't see it at all. Yeah. So the next, I, I just look at him at Sass Junior. Yeah. So the next match was uh, they call him War Joe versus. Um, Tony Neese and Josh Wood. Uh, nothing to talk about in this match at all, you know. Yeah. Besides, and when he threw him, when, when Samoa Joe threw him into, um, <laughs> went through the guy into Warlow's uh, jump, so Warlow could do the power bomb. That look, I ain't gonna lie, that looked like it hurt. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, ain't nothing to talk about. Yeah, wasn't nothing to see there. Now this what it did piss me off, and I was kind of surprised. Jungle Boy versus uh, Ray Phoenix. Yeah, the match was I, I, okay, but I don't yeah. understand how you let Jungle Boy beat Ray Fink. I, I I don't get that. Right? Yeah, I, I kind of see when I saw the finish. I said, "Oh boy, somebody gonna get upset because I know y'all two don't feel Jungle Boy like that." 
Um, the match was fine. And, you know, as a fan of Ray Phoenix, I kind of feel like, you know, I mean, I would have liked for him to go over just because I'm a fan. But, um, Absolutely. you know, Jungle Boy, they're trying to, they're obviously trying to push Jungle Boy. And they started calling him by his actual name, too. And so, I don't, they, 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 yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah, they're just, they're trying to push him. And that's why he's getting all these wins and everything. So now, at the end of that match, Christian came back out. And then Luchasaurus came back out and attacked him. And I guess we're going to see wherever that storyline is going. I'm not, I don't too much really care about the storyline, per se. But, uh, yeah, the, you know, the, the fact remains right now, they, uh, Jungle Boy, they're building him up to be one of their guys. So, you know, that's what they want. Yeah. So then the next match was Eddie Kingston versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, I ain't going to lie fast forward through it. Yeah. Um, I think Eddie Kingston is he does good promos, but I just don't. He, he, it's nothing appealing to me in the ring that he does. Hey, you so see, how at the end, he went full camp. He went, he went, uh, he, he went, did a uh, a Ken Shamrock impersonation. Yeah, he just snapped and the referee and go in and, re- and reverse the decision. I did. I don't even know why they was wrestling against each other because that made no sense to me. Either. Then you had no. Jay Carville against uh, the Mita. You know, Jay won, but at the 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 Mita, the Mita. I'm sorry. So after the match, mm-hmm. um, Trina comes <clears throat> in, pushes Diamante down, and then shakes hands with Jay Carville, and all of them raise their hand. Man, which is nothing, Trina ain't had no business being out there. Nothing to see. No, Trina ain't had no business being. I look, no, I love Trina. Trina ain't had no business being out there. And her knocking the old girl down made absolutely no sense. I guess she's gonna go. I'm like, you come on, I'm like, Trina, you the OG. So basically, you're gonna get with, uh, yeah, it wasn't nothing to see. I'm just waiting on somebody to come along and beat Jay Cargill so they can get that belt on off, off of her. So the, last so the last match was that golden ticket battle royal, which was stupid to me. And this is something I didn't realize, but and it really surprised me. On how many wrestlers that um, Tony Khan has signed and he's not using? Yeah, it's I, not enough. T- it's not enough TV time to get everybody on the show. And that's why, to me, you you have talent, but um, is Dynamite is only one hour, right? Just it's two hours. Is so? Is are both of them two hours, or which one is just one? Rapid? No. Uh, Rampage is usually one hour, but they did a two-hour show, I guess, because it was Grand Slam. So they gave they gave it a two-hour slot last night. But it's usually a one-hour show. So in my opinion, Rampage should be two hours and start putting this talent <laughs> on TV. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because some of, some of them are pretty good. Yeah, because I didn't know Brian Cage was still there. He's a big guy. You can use him. But all these oh, people, wow, just sure wait. he is. <laughs> you just they just wasting away. They just wasted away. Yeah, and you paying all this. Money I forgot. I forgot that uh I forgot that Paul White was still in the company until he got on commentary. Yeah, it's just a Yeah, because they got they've got him and Mark Henry buried in some other shit that you you rarely hear from either one of them, which I think is maybe they're working more behind the scenes than than any of us realize or know, but if you need to find some kind of way to capitalize on on the name recognition of both of those individuals. Um, you don't have to put them in matches because, quite frankly, I don't think anybody is really interested in seeing either one of them in the ring right now. 
no, but no, no. I think they need to find some way to to utilize them in in a much better way that capitalizes off of the name recognition that they have. Absolutely. So um, Adam Page and he the last, Adam Page and Roosh were the last two people in. I'm not sure why Roosh was in there. That made zero sense to me as well. Adam Page won the Battle Royal, and now he's going to get a shot at the title, which I don't understand that either. Why you keep pushing this guy? You have other people, you, and why, you have other this, people there you can push, the people the fans want to see, but you keep pushing the same people. And on top of that, I'm like, we just had a tournament to determine, or what was that, the ladder match? And to determine yeah. a contender for the title. So I'm like, why are you doing a Battle Royal? To give somebody else a chance at the title when you just did a whole ladder match for the exact same thing not even a month ago. This is just stupid, man. Yeah, and that's 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 one thing I wanted to bring up too. That um I knew they were gonna have that that battle royal on Rampage. They're booking way too many specialty matches, gimmick matches, whatever you want to call them. And they're losing for the people that are live in the crowd watching it. It might be a good spectacle to see, but for the fans watching at home, those matches like cage matches or, or uh, tournaments or battle Royals, um, they lose any kind of, I guess, specialty to them when you do them so much. And I've never been a big fan of, of tournaments in wrestling. Um, I never even really liked the King of the Ring tournament. But it, to continue doing those, like you just said, Brandon, you just had the finals of a tournament on um, Dynamite. You come right behind that with a battle royal. Right. I mean, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense. I understand you're trying to get eyeballs on the product. But that... <sighs> It's stupid. It, it, it's stupid. It's you stupid. lose it's stupid. all sense of, of, I don't know, just, it's not the same. If we saw, for instance, Kurt, in, in Monty, Monty, your day, if we saw war game matches every damn Saturday, war game matches would be it, 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 it means nothing. It means nothing now. Yep. So the last, yep. the, the last match was, um, Powerhouse Hobbs against Ricky Starks, which was a pretty, it was a pretty good match to be honest with. You. Absolutely, that's a match of the night. Because I think I, you know, I think they take those shows together. So if you put both of those shows together, I feel like that was one of the matches of the night. Yeah, I agree, but I don't. I still think they're missing the boat by not putting Hobbs over because Ricky Starks ended up winning the match. But I think they're missing the boat because that's another how they. Back in the day with Bruce Pritchard, it's like, you know, build up monsters to go against your champion. He's a monster. He's a monster. Build oh, yeah. him up to go against the champion. They AEW has so many big people, and, big monsters they could build up to challenge the champion. And that's how you have a, a, a long-term champion that, that have a long title run. Right. But keeps, I think they I think people forget sometimes that wrestling was built on like monster and monster heels. That's one of the things that wrestling was built on. Like you always wanted to see the babyface. If you had a babyface champion, you want to see the babyface champion go and take down the um the the big monster heel. 
or whatever. So you got all these big dudes or whatever. So it's like build them up to where it's like, okay, can't it is nobody that can stop this person. And then you go get and then you had that one baby face that go and take care of everybody and then make them run with that. Cause I think powerhouse, I think powerhouse Hobbs could be a uh I think powerhouse Hobbs could be a world champion if they build them up right. I do too. And right now. Because I, I, I mean, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't like the fact that he lost last night either, and I ain't gonna lie. When that, when he, when uh, the old boy did that finishing move, I thought he was gonna drop powerhouse on his head. I did too. That that was that looked scary, but he he executed it or whatever, and they got it done. But that that was scary. But um, but no, nah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I didn't feel like Richard Stark should have gone over. I get why, because you're trying to get that win back from the other from the other match that they had. But I really feel like you know, if done correctly, powerhouse house can contend for a championship in the very near future. But you just got you got to build these guys up right. So, is that so? After Ricky starts win, so now the, where do we go with him now? What do we do next? Yeah, because who, who else is he going? Who else? I guess you're going you're going to put him in throwaway matches now because you know what? That that's pretty much that the lights out matches a blow off to a few, and I think that's another thing about overusing gimmick matches. Like usually, you remember how Hell in the Cell used to be a blow a blow off to a few. It's not like that anymore. If you're gonna have a lights out a lights out match with somebody unsanctioned, that should be the blowout. We don't need to see Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs going at it with each other. Again. At least not for a long time. No. Well, yeah, exactly. Like I said, they just they missed the mark again. Go ahead. Tony, Tony Khan seems to have a, a a bad habit of misusing these types of matches at the worst times. Like, I I can't remember who it was, but. Even used what, like Brandon just said, um, what should have been a blow off match to to start a feud between two people, and I can't remember who it was, but it was a it was a supposed to be a Texas Death Match, and um, it just made no sense because a Texas Death Match is be is supposed to be the match to settle everything. Was that a was that Hangman hey Page and um I forgot the other guy name, but what is the wasn't in the World Championship match? Was that the same match? I, I can't remember. I can't remember, but I, I just remember shaking my head. So now um, you guys want to move on to the, the last two pieces of business we have for the show today, talking about um, this uh, accusation against uh, CM Punk and then the um, the Logan Paul and Roman Reigns match at Crown Jewel. Go ahead. So I don't know if either one of you two have read, but um, I'm going to pull up an article here from Sports Skeeta. Uh, the title of the article is, it's a quote, CM Punk is one of the biggest fucking racist pieces of shit. Uh, former AEW star launches a verbal tirade against the allegedly suspended star. And it's an article dated September 20th, 2022 by Max Everett. And former AEW star Tamillion Vanish, I hope I said that right, recently labeled CM Punk a racist piece of shit, as well as well as dubbing the former world champion as one of the worst in the promotion. Punk has been the center of attention in pro wrestling for all the wrong reasons following AEW All Out. The second city saint became the world champion for the second time at All Out. After the event, he went to a post-press conference to, to sleep Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, the Young Bucks, and Colt Cabana. 
This resulted in a reported brawl and has seemingly led to the suspension of all involved parties. CM Punk was also on the lips of former AEW performer Tamillian Vanish, who worked on dark tapings in 2021. The performer described being the subject of racial discrimination from Punk during his brief stint with the promotion. And this is a quote right here. CM Punk is one of the biggest fucking racist pieces, racist pieces of shit I ever met in my life. I've experienced discrimination, of course, and I don't really want to name the people. But of course, CM Punk's name is there, but I don't really care about the dude. He's small. He's skinny. Like I said, he's one of the worst guys I ever met from AEW. End quote. Um, that's the entire article. Um, I, I personally have never seen anything from CM Punk that would suggest that he's racist. Um, I definitely think it's possible. Um, I'm not putting anything past anybody. But I also think that this is the case of someone seizing the opportunity. Because if you if you notice, you don't want to really name names, but he has no problem naming CM Punk. And I think that's just because he's clout chasing. CM Punk's name is hot right now, so he he's he's got no problem putting his name out there, but he don't want to put anybody else's name out there. What do you guys right. think? Oh, so I'll, go, ahead. Uh, go, ahead, go, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead, Brian. No, I I'm, like you run. I, I went back and actually kind of read up on the article a little bit. I felt like it was clout chasing because I feel like if it was anybody else besides CM Punk, he wouldn't have never said nothing. Because it wouldn't, it would have been no news yeah, to report. But because it's CM Punk, it's CM Punk so hot the news right now. That's the way you get his name out. Because we, I didn't even know who the guy was. Like I never heard of him. Nothing. So, you know, like, hey, hey, trying to get your name out there. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. I guess. So that's how I took it. Yeah, I've never heard anybody um, any racist ag- allegations against CM Punk. But all the years he's been in um, the media. So I'm not gonna go with somebody speculating. If you don't have any proof, right. you're not gonna name names. Then don't say anything. Right. Yeah, I've heard several people call him an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I've never heard anybody call him a yeah. racist. I mean, wait, look, look. I've heard him called. I've heard him been called an asshole, a prick. Somebody just called him a prick the other day. And you know what? All that may be true because of what yeah. we see on television. But a racist, I've never heard anybody say Phil Brooks was a racist at all. Yeah. And if he, is, is, if, yeah, he, if he is, if he is, there might not be something that come out to maybe he retire or something, but I've never heard it from anybody, anybody in the business. And my and my biggest thing is I'm a believer where there, where, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's never been any smoke with this this subject of and his name. So I, I just don't it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, came out of nowhere. So I, you know, I, I just Things like that, I just don't pay attention to. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I think this is um, much ado about nothing. I think it's just somebody trying to get their name out there because as you, you guys just said, you had never heard of him before. Um, you had to read up on him to know who he was. Um, and he's only been on AEW Dark Tapings, and that was a year ago. So we'll, we'll see where this goes, but I don't think this story has any kind of legs whatsoever. Um, a story that does have legs, however, is the rumored match. Well, not rumored. The match that's going to take place at Crown Jewel between uh, 
Logan Paul and WWE world champion Roman Reigns. Um, there's a lot going on about this match that people are talking about um, all across wrestling media. Uh, people are comparing it to the David Arquette situation in WCW. Uh, there are some people who love the idea. There's some people that hate the idea. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle on it. Um, we'll give our thoughts on the match itself here in just a second, but I definitely think the comparisons between the David Arquette situation and WCW are way off base um, for several reasons. To my knowledge, up to the point in WCW when they put the title on Arquette, which I need to wash my mouth out with soap for even saying that, but um, Arquette had never done any sort of athletics on a, on a grand scale that I'm aware of. The only thing he had done in wrestling is to play uh, wrestling in that movie, uh, Ready to Rumble. Logan Paul, on the other hand, has been in exhibition boxing matches, matches and has held his own. Now, I realize those were, were just exhibition matches, <clears throat> excuse me, matches, and those, those boxers didn't go full force on him. That's not lost on me, but it's still, in my opinion, watching what I what I did of him, he held his own, at, at least at that level. Um, his transition to wrestling, from what I've seen of him, he's done well in wrestling. So I think the comparisons are way off base. Um, what do you guys think about that, as far as at least as far as the comparisons? I agree with the comparisons. I, I think you hit hit it on the the nail on the head with that one. I agree with that. I don't I don't want to see it. I'm not a fan of it, but I understand there's money to be made, and that's probably why they're doing it. But I don't want to see it at all. Yeah, um, same. I you know I feel like you know they they had to go over there and sell, they had to go over there and sell tickets and sell out an arena. And Logan Paul is uh you know, he's a big name in the sports world now, for better or for worse. And so, um, yeah, you know, inevitably, um, as we go along with Reigns' championship runs, I figured that he was going to um end up getting in it some kind of way sooner or later. But um, I mean, yeah, it's one of those they just kind of doing. They're going overseas and just they're selling tickets, trying to get these folks a show. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that match, maybe, maybe that match might surprise us. Who knows? Because I feel like you know, I feel like. You know, I, for what I've seen from Logan Paul, like he can he can get out there, he can get out there and do it. You know, he's not a wrestling appearance by no means, but as far as athleticism, he can get out there and do it. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. And I think, and I think Roman to make him look good, so, so it won't. Oh, be yeah. a, So we'll try to make him look good, so it won't be a bad match. But I, I can't see no way in the world they take the title off of Roman right now because you just can't. You just can't. Oh, absolutely right not. Now. Oh, absolutely. Now, no, they, 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 now, they take it off. Of. It, it'll be a ter- terrible, terrible, terrible idea to put Logan, uh, give Logan Paul one of those championships or both of them. No, 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 no. Roman need to Roman need to hold that belt at least all the way to WrestleMania next year. If, if not, not longer than that. Yeah, I, I don't see them. I, I mean, they may surprise us. Well, let me let me back up just a little bit. The match itself, I actually think the match itself will be pretty good. Um, I think Logan Paul is good enough in the ring to to at least go with a certain level with Roman Reigns. I think Roman Reigns is good enough in the ring to make Logan Paul look good. 
Um, so the match itself, I'm not, I don't have any concerns from a fan standpoint of the quality of the match. Um, I question why they made this match, but um, my opinions on that is I think that there are a lot of WWE wrestlers who, for one reason or another, don't want to do this, the, the crown jewel shows. Um, for instance, I know Sami Zayn is dead set against going to those crown jewel matches um, for personal reasons. And I think that because of that, that put Logan Paul in this position. Yeah. I could be way off base on that. I have nothing to back that up with. That's just my personal opinion. Um, but I think the quality of the match will be okay. Um, I, I don't see them taking the, the title off Roman Reigns, at least not with Logan Paul. Who knows? They've done stuff before that shocked the shit out of us. Maybe they'll do it again, but I don't see it happening here. Um, it would be a talking point. It would it would definitely be something to get everybody uh, talking, especially with mainstream media. So it is a possibility. But I think things are different with Triple H involved. I don't think Triple H is as concerned with mainstream media attention as Vince McMahon was. I could be wrong on that as well, but I, I'm like you. Kurt, I, I don't see them taking the title off or they can't afford, in my opinion, to take the title off Roman Reigns right now because there's no legitimate. There's no um, contender. Yeah. Right there's now. nobody legitimate right now that, to, to test him. But I think based on, because I don't know if y'all um, saw SmackDown last night, but uh, Sami Zayn has, he's pretty much, he's part of Bloodline now officially. The man that got in game his own shirt and everything. So I'm kind of looking at it, and I was reading Twitter at the same time, and I'm like, you know what? They could build this thing up all like long enough to where Sami Zayn might be the guy to take that title off of him, because eventually there's going to be a breakup somewhere. It's either going to be, it's either going to be Sami Zayn or maybe uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens hook up and then take the tag titles off the Usos, maybe both. But eventually there's going to be a blow up somewhere down the line, and I feel like. From just based off what I'm saying and just kind of forecasting it, I think down the line we might get we might see a championship match between Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. Could be at WrestleMania if they don't pull that thing off with The Rock. I don't want to see that. No, I'm just I mean you know I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I, I don't want to see that at all. Yeah, I um, I I don't know I what to expect know. in this match. Um. I know that WWE is getting um, a lot of attention because of it, some negative, some some positive or whatever. Um, I think Logan Paul has enough of a following on social media and is an, enough of a presence on social media that it'll drum up interest in the show. Um, yep. Personally, I've never watched any of the Crown Jewel shows Um I won't necessarily go into my reasons why, because it just doesn't fit within the context of what we do here. Uh, but I've never watched them off of uh, off of principle. Um, but I think that this match in a main event in Saudi Arabia um, could be a big hit. Uh, I, I don't 
I don't see any way that, and, and unless it's a it's a fuck finish, I don't see any way that that Logan Paul beats Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns clean, and I, I can't even really think of a scenario. Um, unless say maybe the Usos try to get involved to help Reigns out and cause him to lose. I don't really even see a scenario where they could work that side of things. Well, but they could throw well no, nah, never mind, because Sami Zayn's not going over there. Never mind. Because if it was in the States, I would say Sami Zayn would call some would mess something up and then cause him to match, but he's not going over there. Anything is possible, but I, anything is possible, but I I don't see it happen. No. Nah. It, it, there's no way they're going to take that title off Roman Reigns. Not now. It, not this year. The rest of this year. That's not going to happen. Unless, like, he end up getting injured or something. That's not going to happen. So, before we go ahead and get off, let me ask y'all this. Do you all think, I was like, before we go ahead and get off, I think it's about time to wrap up. Um, do you all think yeah, I was just about to say we're coming. I didn't even realize we're coming up on an hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been having some good um, conversation. But do y'all? Do you all? Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, I definitely uh, fans listening to the show. We definitely appreciate you tuning in to to listen to us wrestle with our thoughts. Um, Kurt, Brandon, I definitely appreciate uh, you two joining the show. Kurt, I appreciate you for even bringing up the idea of us all getting together to do this show. Um, because you knew that I was looking to change something with wrestling with my thoughts because I felt like it was getting kind of stagnant or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I definitely enjoy the conversations we have. And hold Kurt, on, hold on, Rob. Brandon, Brandon was saying something. Say that again. Go ahead, Brandon. I said Brandon was saying something. Yeah, I was. Um, I was. I was going to say like before we got off and just real quick. Do you think that there's anybody that could contend with Roman Reigns in the near future right now? Anybody? That would be a that would right be a now, viable, no. be a viable contender for the champ for um Roman, to take Roman Reigns um championship away. Not not that I've seen. No, um that that's one of the problems with WWE right now. They don't they don't have anybody to contest Reigns. Right, Roman Reigns is not. He doesn't have an opponent. I'm, I'm gonna say this. Uh, I think you brought it up yesterday. I wouldn't be mad at seeing. Um, I just Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at seeing that at all. Yeah, because oh yeah, we no, we should. I forgot we even talked about it yesterday because I remember you bringing up th- this would be for another show. That, but I think we do need to talk about them uh, breaking up the hurt business because to be honest with you, the hurt business was what got me back into watching Monday Night Raw in the first place. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed that little run. I just felt like they broke them up premature. We can say that for later. Yeah, we'll say yeah. that for later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll we'll bring up that next week because that yeah, that was one of the good things they had going on, and I think they they made a huge mistake breaking that that group up. But we'll we'll talk more about that next yep. week. Um. So, Kurt, any uh any final thoughts for the show? I think we had a good show. I look forward to next week. Brandon? Oh, <laughs> Brandon? my bad. Um, now, 
yeah, I, this this is a uh, this, this is a really good conversation this week. So yeah, I'm looking forward to next week as well. And I enjoy, I thoroughly enjoy making these, uh, doing these, and this you know part of my been a part of my weekend and all that. So let's keep it rolling. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And for the people listening, if you guys hear me say that uh, I can't hear Brandon or I can't hear Kurt, uh, we're we're working through some technical difficulties right now. Yes, I am hard of hearing. So that is a part of the issue, but we're also working through some technical difficulties here. We're all beginners at this shit (laughs) (laughs) and we will get it figured out. Um, But just bear with us. We'll get it worked out and the show is going to run smooth. We're only going to get better. Uh, I I think we've gotten better every week. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely feel the same way. Um, So, Brandon, Kurt, until next week, gentlemen, I will talk to you all on Friday for the pre-show. And uh, see you same bat time, same bat channel next week. All right. Y'all take it easy. Have a good week. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Right, right. You're going to talk about your uh, friend sponsorship today. Okay, Brandon, I'm going to need you to repeat that for me. Kurt said you, uh, you were going to plug your friend sponsorship going on today. The sponsor, your, your friend's sponsorship. Your friend's event. They talked about yesterday. Can you hear me? Yeah, I, I, I'm <laughs> a little embarrassing for me, but no, I can't. I can't fully hear you. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. Okay. The, remember, you told us about your friend's event that was going on today, and you were going to plug it. The what that was going on? Your friend's event. Yeah, let's let's link up off the show because I'm, okay. I'm having trouble hearing you, Brandon, and I'm sorry. I apologize, but I'm just having a hard time understanding what you're saying. Okay. And I'm sure everybody listening right now is getting a hell of a kick out of this. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, hey, we'll man, link hey, up. hey, it's real. <laughs> we'll we'll talk, link talk up all fine about that. See y'all later, man. Okay. <laughs> all, right. all right. All right. Bye. Hey, hey, everybody. Now, if you just finished listening to the show, you heard that hilarious ending that we left off with. Kurt and Brandon were both trying to remind me of something that I asked them about before we recorded. Whereas you guys heard them clearly, I could not, obviously. We're having some technical issues between our recording equipment, but we're working on that. We're going to get it squared away. But what I had asked each of them uh, is if they would have an issue with me plugging an event that's being hosted by a friend of mine by the name of Travis Barber and his organization, One More Question. Now, some of you all may remember the name Travis Barber as I interviewed him on the previous iteration of Wrestling With My Thoughts. He has a fascinating story of redemption for his life, and I encourage you to check it out. The, the episode can be found in the Wrestling With My Thoughts library. Those episodes are still up. But Travis has put together an event to celebrate the father and son bond. And that is a very special bond. 
especially for Travis, because he missed so many years of his, his son's life while he was incarcerated. So on September 25th, from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m., join us for a day of fishing, cooking, and celebrating the father-son interaction. It's the third annual Sunday, S-O-N-D-A-Y. Come fish, eat, bond, and celebrate at Berry Kind Ranch at 6375 East Stubbs Road, Atlanta, Georgia. I encourage each of you to attend this event with your sons. Now, if you can't attend and you would like to uh, support this event, one more question is accepting cash donations and they're also accepting fishing pole uh, donations. If you wish to donate cash, you can do, do so on Cash App at dollar sign Travis, the number one M-O. Again, that's dollar sign Travis, the number one M-O on Cash App. If you wish to, uh, to donate a fishing pole, reach out to Travis on, uh, he's on Facebook and Instagram. His organization is on Facebook and Instagram. Reach out to him and uh, just just support this man because he's trying to do a, a beautiful thing and encourage the interaction and the bond between fathers and sons. So once again, Sunday, September 25th from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m. It's the third annual Sunday at Berry Kind Ranch, 6375 East Stubbs in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you all and have a great evening.